Welcome to the Moto Moves Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Moto Moves Podcast. Um, took a week off for Thanksgiving. I really tried to um, record, <laughs> to make a recording um, and obviously that definitely didn't happen. Uh, I've got a lot going on. Um, super overwhelmed right now, but I didn't want to miss another week. And so I figured, let me jump on right now that I have some time. My house is quiet. The kids are at school. And so it's just kind of perfect time. So hopefully it works out. Hopefully I don't have to really edit or re-record um, or whatever. But anyway, um, also thank you for tuning in again. I really, really appreciate your support and um, your sharing. And yeah, much love to all of you. Thank you for that. And so, um, yeah, so uh, I really want to get through um, all these story times because the future of the podcast is dependent on that. And so is the future of the blog um, and all the future plans that I have um, for all of this. Um, So it's not just me ranting and going on and on, but um, yeah, there's really a purpose to the madness. Um, And so yeah, like I said, I just want to kind of get through the stories and stuff to get to some real time, uh, day to day stuff that, um, maybe more people could actually, uh, relate and connect to. Um, but anyway, I think all of this other, um, stuff is important to, uh, it's creating a baseline. Um, and not only that, also trying to um, create awareness for those that have been in similar situations. Um, so I don't know if I need a trigger warning for this one. I'm not quite sure, but trigger warning just in case we will be talking about um, divorce and custody, uh, restraining orders, stuff like that. So anyway, um, yeah, so I think the last time we left off where I got a restraining order and he filed for a divorce. So the ball was rolling. And so we ended up going to the um, restraining, restraining order hearing. Sorry. And um, I made one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made again in my life. Um, and I think a lot of people are, are guilty of this. Um, a lot of people go to the hearing and remove the restraining order because um, things have calmed down. And so you feel like you don't need it anymore. Um, and the reality is, is that things calm down because you have the restraining order, <laughs> um, ironically. Uh, but for some reason, we tend to not realize that. So uh, we went to the hearing. I removed it. The judge asked me three times if I was sure. I said I was sure. I said that, um, you know, we, divorce was in process. Uh, we were getting ready to go our separate ways. I didn't want to um, take his daughter from him. Um, He could be as much of a parent as he wanted. And basically that was that. And so she reluctantly removed it. And we went on with our lives. 
And so then, unfortunately, we did not have the same judge for our divorce because then the divorce he filed in a different county. I don't know why. Well, I know why, but um, didn't make sense, but that's how it was done. So that was all done in a separate um, county courthouse and so on. So I went on with my life trying to find a job, which was really hard. I couldn't find anything um, for what felt like forever, but maybe wasn't forever. I was just frustrating not having money and having an infant <laughs> um, and having no financial support. You know, he was giving me literally $10 checks, uh, just condescending behavior, you know, um, and I was too proud to get on, um, you know, um, financial assistance. And so it was hard. I was struggling and um, uh, yeah, I was frustrated. I didn't know what to do. Um, and so at some point I made the decision to join the Navy because I had a reenlistment code and I couldn't find a job and my daughter was sick and she needed insurance and we needed money. And so, um, my mom was helping me with a little bit that she had and she was in her own situation with my sister that was one and whatever, you know, and so I felt like a burden. Um, and I know there wasn't much to go around, but she was making it do. And um, so uh, I went to the Navy because Air Force was not taking prior Marines. Um, and uh, I figured that Navy, you know, anyway, I just figured it'd be um, more realistic for me. I, my injuries hadn't healed from the military. And so I knew that um, the Navy wasn't as physically demanding. So whatever, that was the choice I made. Um, so I did go there and um, they were tutoring me to retake my ASVAB so I could have a better job in the Navy. Um, and so I was doing that. I was going through those motions while I was still trying to find a job outside. It was for me, it was like whatever was fastest. Um, unfortunately, the Navy route was going to take longer than I really wanted it to. And I still had to lose the baby weight um, and all that. And so I was I was doing multiple things um, at the same time. So I was job hunting and, you know, tutoring for the Navy. Um, and so um, for those that don't know, um, that's how I met my husband. He was my recruiter slash tutor. Um, and uh, he was helping me kind of try to get my life together. And, um, what ended up happening was, is that I ended up, um, I ended up finding a job later, but that took a bit. Um, so meanwhile, um, we became friends, him and I, and really just friends. And, um, I remember, um, <laughs> he used to call me and I just used to cry on the phone and he'd just sit there and listen. <laughs> I would just cry out of frustration. Um, and he'd literally just sit there in silence and listen while I sobbed. Um, it was a really hard time. Uh, it's frustrating and you feel helpless. You know, when you have a 
child, a life dependent on you, and you feel like you're failing them and you're doing all the things that you possibly can, um, and the other party is refusing to do their part, you know, and so that's, I think, initially when I realized that I did the wrong thing by by removing the restraining order, um, with the restraining order, they would have established some temporary uh, custody rules, you know, and um, so I negated that and it left me with nothing. Um, getting $10 checks every once in a while and having to ask for them wasn't really helping. Um, and I remember there was this one day and Kaylee was really sick and um, she had a fever and I believe she was teething and I couldn't um, afford teething tablets or Tylenol. And I called and I asked, you don't have to give me the money. It's fine. I'll wait for you out here in front of the library, the city that we were living in. I said, I will wait here. And um, you could just bring me the teething tablets and the Tylenol. And he said, let me check my bank account and I'll call you back. And this is the other parent, right? So I sat there waiting and waiting and waiting. And it was like 10.30 p.m. And I received a phone call. It wasn't him. It was my now husband, um, my AK tutor slash recruiter, uh, calls me to see how I'm doing. And I tell him and he was literally in awe, couldn't believe that he wouldn't even bring me medication for his own daughter. I was just frustrated. Like, I'm not even crying at this point. This is probably one of the days I should have been sobbing. I didn't. Um, I was just pissed. And I was like, I can't even afford to get that for her. And she needs it. I'm just frustrated and embarrassed. And I don't want to ask my mom because she's already helping me with everything else. Um, And I ended up walking myself back home. And literally an hour later, he shows up. Um, my now husband, with Tylenol and teething tablets. And um, he drove from an hour away from where he was living uh, to just provide my daughter with that. I didn't ask him for it. Um, And I guess any good person, moral person, the right thing would be to go get it, right? Um, But... I remember thinking that day, like, wow. Uh, To me, that just said a lot. um, Because like I said, at this point, we were just friends. um, And I didn't even think he would want um, anything to do with me. Like, I have a six-month-old getting divorced. Like, I was a hot mess. Uh, I don't know. I had nothing to offer. (laughs) I didn't see myself as an asset to myself or anybody else at that point in my life. Um, and so anyway, that just, that just spoke, um, volumes to me about both of them and just about the situation. Um, and so shortly after I, I, I found a job or my brother was able to help me get a job where he was at and it was only part-time, but it was something. 
and um, but I still couldn't get benefits. And so I had to, you know, um, bite the bullet and um, I applied to get her Medi-Cal and stuff. And in retrospect, I think like, how stupid is that? <laughs> like the solution was right there, but um, I, I don't know. I felt too embarrassed to do it. Um, but one piece of advice, I guess I could say, I think that all those services are there um, to help people in situations like that. And um, I don't know if it's society or our culture or our um, upbringing that might make us feel ashamed of, of going for and asking for help, but we shouldn't because that's exactly why those those programs are are in place to help people that are really in need in situations like that you know sometimes you know the world goes round and round and life has different turns and one day we're on top of the world and the next day uh we're at the very very bottom like we life isn't perfect and um I think sometimes that, oh, we forget that, you know, um, and pride has a lot to do with it too. Pride gets in the way. I know for me, it was also a pride thing. I was just embarrassed. Um, I don't really know, even if I think back, like what I really thought would happen to me or what that would mean or say about me. Um, but I regret that I put myself through such, through such stress and, um, Yes, through such stress because I had a solution there, not only for me, but for my daughter, like she was not, she was sick and she needed stuff, you know, something simple as Tylenol would have been covered by that. But I just, I was too much in my head about it. And so I think it's important to um, realize that, you know, uh, we work hard to have these kind of programs in set and we, uh, to be set for us and then that we contribute a lot, you know, our taxes contribute to that. And so it's there for when we need it. So we should definitely use it when we need it. You know, um, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you don't take advantage of it, because at some point, you know, somebody else is going to need it. So anyway, that's my thought on that. Um, so yeah, so I ended up, you know, getting her on that and then, um, Shortly after that, I found a better job, which I got my car repoed. Um, yes, it's another story, but I got my car repoed and I didn't know exactly how that worked because that was my first car and that's never happened to me. So I went to car dealership and one of my old high school friends had just quit and I was like, oh my God, they repoed my car. Help me. What do I do? And she was like, yeah, we can't help you here with that. That's a bank thing. And I was like, okay. And so then we kind of started talking and she's like, do you need a job? I said, yeah. And she's like, I just quit. Or I just gave my notice. And so then um, she told her manager, I got an interview a couple days later and then I got hired at the dealership. So excited. And I was able to get insurance and I was working a full-time job. And so things kind of started falling into place. And so that was really, um, that was like really exciting for me because I felt, you know, um, I felt whole again. Like I, I felt like I had purpose and I felt like I was in a failure for my daughter. And so that was, um, that was just, 
even just thinking about it, I remember I'm st- I was so happy. I couldn't believe that I, I got um, such a good job to me in my eyes as a receptionist in the dealership. Um, so yeah, so then we I started working there and um, we started um, going through our proceedings for um, our divorce. And I think the hardest thing to was to to do was the custody agreement. Um, we had to go through mediation, and um, it was like we could never come to a happy medium. Um, he always wanted more than was necessary, um, and he was threatening to take my daughter that I couldn't provide for her because I lived with my parents. Um, at first that because I didn't have a job, then because I didn't make enough, then it was always something. And so it was always back and forth, back and forth. And we couldn't come to an agreement. It was just shitty as fuck. And I was just like, dude, let's just get the shit over with. Like just agree to what the state is, the California is giving you, you know? And, um, I think that is the hardest part of a divorce when you, when when um, you have to deal with custody, um, especially when you have a def- a difficult parent on the other side, it's like they're just trying to bully you, you know. And um, that was my first time in any kind of court scenario, so it was scary for me. I didn't know what was true and what wasn't, and I already did feel like I wasn't enough and I wasn't providing enough, um, and. Um, it's really hard when you're naive. Um, and I guess for me, it's, I didn't have anybody else either that, I mean, we're young, you know, 24, 25. I didn't know other people have gone through the same thing that I could ask for advice or support or anything, you know? So I was just going through it blindly. I obviously couldn't afford an attorney. Um, and it was just madness. It was just a waste of time taking time off of work to go for a tedious time of just bickering back and forth for things that it's like, it's just asking for too much. It's unnecessary, you know? And it's just, again, it's bullying, being petty, um, and, you know, threatening me to take her and uh, just making me feel inferior to him. Um and so at some point, the judge just had to make a decision. Um, and But meanwhile, those proceedings, like um, he was stalking me, he was threatening me, he was um, still calling and belittling me and degrading me. Um, this one day, we were going to go shop for Kaylee's um, first birthday, for her first birthday party. And... Um, he decided not to pick her up that day. It was a, um, yeah, I think it was like the midweek day he's supposed to get her. So he didn't. So we put her to bed and, um, me and, um, my boyfriend, which at that point was my boyfriend now, um, my now husband, we decided to go to party city to check out her stuff for her first birthday and um we run into him on the street and he tries to drive off uh, drive us off the road and as he tries to drive us off the road he almost tips over the truck that he's in he's literally driving on two wheels trying to gain control of the truck 
finally gets control, drives off like a maniac after we almost got driven off the road. So I call the cops. I try to get another restraining order um, because that was one of many events. Um, But that one was the one that was like, okay, this is shit just got real again. Like we almost got driven off the fucking road. Um, Oh, and he pulled down his dot hit the window and yelled, where the fuck is my fucking daughter? Why the fuck is she, she should be at home with her. What the fuck? Oh, whatever. All this crazy shit. And so, um, I called to try to make a police report. Um, they couldn't find him. Obviously he was already driven. I don't know, wherever. Um, and that was that. And so when I tried to get the second restraining order, they denied it because, um, there's no evidence. I couldn't prove what happened because nobody would, although he witnessed it, he didn't count and there was no video of it and whatever. So that was kind of frustrating. And that taught me, you know, that I shouldn't have removed the first one. Um, then there was other incidents where I went out of town and he would call me and tell me, um, I know exactly where you're going. He'd tell me like where I was and, you know, degrade me and call me names, telling me, I know you're just being, you know, a whore. It's all you're good for, spreading your legs, crap like that. And it's just like, do what, like, why? (laughs) You know? Um, And so it's kind of like the abuse never ended. Um, and for me, it was just like, I, I didn't understand, like, I thought we were going our separate ways. Like we're getting divorced. Um, you know, like you're with the person that you cheated on me with, like you made your choice. Um, and so to me, it just didn't make sense. I, I, for as much as I thought about it, it was like, why are you fucking with me? You know? And then when I got this job, man, he used to come and drop off my daughter in the middle of my shift. Dirty as hell. Like, I don't understand. I drop her, I drop her off, um, before I'd go to work. So like before, like by 7 30 AM and by 10 30, he just drop her off at my work and just leave her there. Like I didn't have a whole ass shift to work. Um, acting crazy, calling my work, threatening my coworkers, um, (laughs) making me have to leave work to go take my daughter somewhere. It was like, he was just trying to jeopardize my livelihood, no matter how he could. And it's crazy. Like no matter how much he did this and I had letters and proof and coworkers and it was like, he just got away with it. Like the system is so fucking stupid, you know, like none of the, none of it had any fucking weight in court. Like they were just like, kind of basically they were like, yo, you guys are young. You got to grow up basically is what the judge told us. Grow the fuck up. But that was it. And, but that's the problem though, because then that behavior is just pacified. Right. And so the behavior escalates and then what do you do? Right. And so even though I left the situation, even though I tried to do the best to move on with my life, it was like he was constantly there 
picking at my life, picking at me, trying to ruin anything good that I possibly had going on for me. Um, and that's some fucked up shit, man. Like I didn't, I didn't worry about what he had going on. Like your life is your life, dude. Like, you know, this is it. Me and you were done. You made a choice and okay. You know, you made your bed lie in it. Um, and, but it didn't unfortunately work that way, you know? And so, um, he ended up getting, um, we ended up doing 50, 50 custody, which is what is basic here. Um, and I was okay with that. Um, as long as he was doing all the right things. Right. But the harassment never ended. And oh my God, when he found out that I was dating, that was like, then all the craziness. Oh, I was cheating already. I already knew that person. I, all this crazy crap when he's the one that cheated on me. He's the one that left me for somebody else. He's the one that got somebody else pregnant. Um, I understand, right? Projection, uh, gaslighting, um, you name it, all of it. And she's trying to make me look like the bad person to everyone whilst he's still harassing me and stalking me and threatening me and degrading me and calling me names, calling me a bitch when um, we do exchanges in front of my daughter. Um, And it was just like, at some point I felt like, I almost felt like, why did I even leave? Like, it's the same thing, you know, It, it. it almost felt like I never got away from it because he was literally going out of his way to fuck with me, you know? And I guess the advice I want to give is when you leave an abusive relationship and if you decide to get a restraining order, do not remove it. That behavior will not end. If you, they haven't been able to stop that behavior for you before you've left, it's never going to (laughs) stop. It is not. So do yourself the favor and keep it. Don't feel sorry. Don't feel like things are, but yeah, things are better because you have a restraining order. You have a legal document that is there to help you. That's why things are getting better. It's not because they're better. It's because you have that document. So don't remove it. Do not, because when things escalate again and you try to do it again, they're not going to take you seriously, or it might not be as bad as the initial situation. You're not going to be able to get it back, you know, and at the end of it, not just you, but, you know, I mean, not just if you have kids, obviously, but for your safety, because people like that have no boundaries and they don't care. They don't care that you have a job and you're going to lose it. They don't care that you have a home. They don't have, they don't care they have a family and they don't care who that jeopardizes or puts them or who that puts into danger. Um, They don't care. So, um, that is one of my biggest regrets to this day is that I removed that because this is just one episode on this one situation, but shit gets worse. Shit gets real. 
and shit gets worse for my daughter. And so, um, I feel like not having removed that would have prevented a lot of issues. And the second thing, the second advice I want to give is don't let yourself get bullied. Now I know things are different, like information is at our fingertips, you know, our phones, we have many computers, we can research everything. But even then, you know, don't let yourself be manipulated. Once you're out of that situation, don't let them play you anymore. You know, and I know it's hard because even to this day, I, I fight with that. It's hard for me. It's really, really hard for me to stay focused and say like, you know, this game girl, like, stop. Why, why, why do you let it happen? You know, um, but you got to stay strong and you got to remember that's what they want to do. They play mind games and they want to fuck with you and they want to have you under their control and they want you to feel like, you know, that they got power over you, but they don't. You will have the power you know what you're entitled to and what you deserve and don't let anybody take that from you not that abusive person narcissistic person that you were in a relationship in or anybody else in the world your parent family brother sister because uh, i mean that that can apply to any kind of relationship right any kind of friend doesn't matter um but don't let yourself be manipulated when you're around people like that remember those people don't change people are who they are and they know what they're doing. Um, but anyway, um, I think that's going to be it for today. Um, yeah, I think that's it for today. So thanks for joining again. Um, thanks for listening. Remember to drink your celery juice, make moto moves, and I'll be waiting for you guys next week. So take care, have a good week, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.